Hi everybody, good evening, and thank you for tuning in with us at FXBG Public Radio. This is Otherland Dreams, and I am Lady Stars on Fire, and I'm here with the Hill Hippie. Say hi, Hill Hippie. Hi, Hill Hippie. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, people put words in my mouth and want to use them. Hey, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Putting stuff in my mouth? No. This is going no, a whole wrong no, direction. No. no, just being a smart ass. Anyway, so tonight we're going to be talking about shamanic journeying and kind of like all things somewhat that resonate with that. But before we do, I want to say so many people are already hearing about the hurricanes coming in, point blank. Mm-hmm. And... I'm just going to go there because that's who I am, point blank. So all of you people who already know anything about energy work, now, come on, you already know what you're supposed to be doing. And if you have any background history with energy work, you know that you can start working on helping that energy to not be so catastrophic, so to speak. Do you have anything to say about that? Pick the right butterfly's wings to make to flip in the wrong, uh, the opposite direction. Well, it's more of you're not going to make it turn completely, but you might be able to help slow it down. No, that's not what I was getting at. What was you getting at that I wasn't getting? It went right over my head. If uh, <laughs> Again, chaos theory, you know, the butterfly effect, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it. Make the right choice. Otherwise, that one uh, energy sent out and without the right vibration behind it may cause something uh-huh. completely unexpected to ha- uh, to occur that you were not intending. Yeah, I agree with you there. Pick, I mean, pick the right butterfly. It's just the way as an analogy I like to use. It's, it, you, I mean, it's it's about if if you're in energy work in some level you should be coming into being a healer in some sense and it's about healing the earth as well, not just the people that are on it or the animals and whatnot. It's it's helping the situation. Let's put it this way. It's like they say, mom is home and she's pretty pissed off about it. Poncha mama can either be sweet or she can be a raging bitch. <laughs> and I'm going to chalk that up partially. I don't care what you say. I'm going to chalk it up partially also to the astrology and the crap that's going on in the astrology right now. The energies that are pulling and everything in so many different ways, which I will get into later on when I get into astrology this evening. I'm just saying, it's like they say, the the tides and everything happen to work with the moon and everything else. So when the planets are doing some funky shit, the earth tends to do some funky shit too. And you have opinion? I have many. Is there any that I'm going to agree with? <laughs> I don't think any of them actually apply to what you were just talking about. Okay. But now, I have many opinions. I was just wondering if you were going to go there on that. So, anyway, with that being said, on top of it, before we came in here tonight, I'm taking this back to a conversation we had before. With all the energies pulling in so many different directions, my empath is completely off the chain right now and i am going to get into the shamanic journeying and everything but i i just i have i have to rage for just one moment oh okay <laughs> uh, you know i i gotta put up with man man rants now i gotta put up with lady stars and fire rants too not Shit. a rage rage but my point is i know the energies are like completely off the chain pulling you in every different direction and my empath is feeling nothing but anger anger and i'm I'm feeling like righteous anger coming on like everybody is just acting stupid and with a hurricane coming in you need to be acting right point blank it's not that hard to act right be a good person and act right because i'm feeling like righteous Anger, word, vomit, just ready to start putting people in their place. And I really don't want to have to go there. 
<laughs> All right. I, I mean, is is I'm just seeing so many things lately that are just negative rising to the surface beyond where what is acceptable and what I can handle. For me personally, I mean, like, really just negative things of people doing to each other or animals and stuff along that line. And you know what you're supposed to do. You know how to be right. Be right. I'm sorry, but I have to get that out of my system or I'm going to be irritated all night if I don't say it. So with that being said, I don't want to have to word vomit anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So we were going to go into shamanic journeying tonight and what shamanic journeying is. And how people go about doing it. And what the different worlds or the realms are. Why we do it. What kind of information we get out of it. And so forth. What are you laughing at? (laughs) Something I shouldn't have looked at. But I was thinking about referencing since you were talking about the... uh... The Jedi way? No, 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 no. You were referencing the hurricane. I was going to pull up... You know, I was going to shamelessly plug my other show, Shock Monkeys, on at 6 p.m. Tuesdays uh-huh. earlier before us today, where I talked about being prepared for the hurricane and being good to each other while you're while we're in this crisis, which should go on uh, beyond that. But hey, right now it's a little more important. And I was going to reference the episode name, which apparently Madman Laura Case is named World Leader Fight Club. <laughs> you know, I wondered if that was going to be the the name for it. <laughs> But yeah, by all means, go back and check out that show because he has given some good information of what you should do in that case and so forth. Or this case. Well, yeah, but I was saying since it's on that show. Anyway. Well, I mean, in this case, in this hurricane emergency. Yes, 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 very much so. In other words, be prepared, pull your heads out your ass, and be good to each other. Yes, please. It's that simple. Please, that would be nice. I'm tired of my energy being all kinds of extra wacky. I'm gonna say the same things. I'm gonna say the same thing to you. I said to Mad Man, it's not all about you. No, it's not. (laughs) But I would like for not to freak me out anymore. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. So, what do you do? You have anything to say before we start getting into this journey and stuff? I thought I just did. No, you were talking about the hurricane, and it's not all about me. Yeah, and that's something I had to say, and I said it. Let's get into the shamanic journey. Well, that's what I meant. Is there anything about the shamanic journeying that you want to say before I start talking? Mm -hmm. You brought your books in here, so I'm curious where you're going to go. That's why I asked. No? No. Okay. Because I'm counting on you to question half of what I say. (laughs) Only half? Uh, Yeah, no, all of it pretty much. But anyway, um, first off, I want to say a lot of people with the shamanic journey, they don't understand what the shamanism is in the first place. And most of it does have to do with the journeying. That's the biggest key point that most people will notice about shamanism Mm -hmm. is that they do most of their work through the shamanic journeying, which is them dealing and crossing over, so to speak, with spirit and going into what they consider the upper worlds. The upper world, the middle world, the lower world, and the et cetera, mixed worlds, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, Altered states of consciousness. Yes. But I, I want to bring up, before we even get into that, because for me personally, um, with the shamanic work, so many people always want to talk about the fact that you need the drum or the rattle. And for me personally, yes, it does work. It will help because it it does bring a connection to the vibrational frequency that you're working with, and it will help in that level. Go ahead. And it does bring the, uh, at least when it's, uh, and I can't remember the beats per minute right now off the top of my head. I want to say it's like somewhere between 180 and 260 or something like that beats per minute. Uh, Actually uh, takes your mind into a low-level theta wave state which is can be recorded on scientific equipment. So then we know that through science, there is a change that is occurring inside the human brain when the shamanic uh, drums or the uh, rattles or whatever you're using to create that pattern. Which is, takes you to the trance state. Right, which is allowing you to basically... Uh, I, I liken it into like tuning into your radio. You're 
consciousness is your radio, right? This is how you perceive the world based on the five senses. By dialing that radio to a slightly different frequency, you're experiencing a part of the universe that you were unaware to, or unaware of. Yeah, I mean, I completely see. I agree, and I agree, and I don't agree, and that's because of me personally. I mean, there are so many people out there who are, you know, so in depth of the fact that you need the rattle, you need the drum, or or it ain't happening. And as I learned also through you know my courses and stuff, we we had like. What is it like a CD that you would play that would have the drumming already there? Mm-hmm. Maybe like four different kinds. You could choose which one you wanted or how long of a timing it would be. And when you hear a specific beat, you know it's time to come back. Right. And I get that. It makes complete sense. It really, really does. However, we also had where you have to learn to, you know, do your own drumming as you're doing it or your own rattling. And you have to be able to do the two things at once and mm-hmm. hold the trance and go, you know, everything. And that can be very complicated. It takes some time to work into handling that, mm-hmm. which like I was explaining to Hill Huppy the other day, you know, I have a drum, like a, it was a little drum that actually he got me for my birthday. And it's one of those little ones that have the two attaching arms that come back and forth. And I can work really well with it if I just barely move it and then the one arm works for me however but what i'm trying to get at is is it's not entirely wholeheartedly necessary some people can do it and go into that trance like state without the music right but some people will fight you tooth and nail on that and like for me i mean because i did have so much trouble with it with it i mean i was taught by spirit just listen to my heartbeat my heartbeat was a drum that's never going to go away unless mm-hmm. I'm dead. So that's one of the things, like, I, you know, if if you're out in the woods or you're just, you just need a break and you've strolled off in somewhere and you need to just sit down and instead of actually meditate, you're doing a journeying, you know, you don't necessarily have to have the musical instruments, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I wanted to touch base on that because I think the trance... I was explaining to Hill Happy the other day. For me personally, I go more into a trance when I go into a merge, which I'll go back into that when we get into the worlds mm-hmm. in a minute. But more than a trance-like state for the journeying, I do go into one, but in a much deeper one when I'm in the merge. But anyway, so we have the typically what you hear about is the lower world, the middle world, and the upper world. And then there are like fragmented worlds in between. Mm. However, the way I would like to say it is, I look at it as like it's the world tree or the tree of life, and you're on different levels of the tree. Go ahead. I see your mouth opening. I'm not allowed to breathe? No, I just thought you were ready to just jump right in, and then you were waiting for me to be quiet. No, I mean, yeah, the tree is the axis mundi. Yeah, I'm Mm. with you. No, yeah, but I thought you were going to say something. But anyway, so you have the tree basically as an idea to work through. And then it would be like the roots would go into the lower world. The trunk it would be the middle world. And, like, the upper world would be where the leaves are on the top of the tree, so to speak. And then you have, like— The boughs the, and branches. Yeah, and you have little fragmented areas that are in between. And this is where you access your help, your guidance— your healing information, depending on where you go, and you have to know where to go in order to get that information. But you first have to learn how to do it in general. Is there mm-hmm. anything you want to say about that? No. <laughs> I'm just always waiting for him to have so much to say, and he's like, no. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. You could... I could take this into so many analogous levels with uh, uh, with the using the tree as the. Concept. I'm using the tree as an example, so so Actually, many people could comprehend. See, I knew he'd come up with the book in a second. Yeah, because the one about the Axis Monday was I read was really good. It was good. He was reading from this book different pieces of shamanism to me before we came in here. And I really liked the one book that he's looking into. I'm going to have to go back and look it up myself. But he's going to have to tell you what it is because I don't remember what it is. Yeah, I, I'm still looking for the uh, 
that particular spot. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> uh, wait, no, that's not it. He'll find it sooner or later. Sooner or later. Sooner or later, he will get to the right page, and we will be able to talk again. Because as soon as I start speaking, he'll find it. <laughs> That's about my luck, too, ain't it? Yep. <laughs> but, I mean, you have your upper, your middle, your lower world. But they all connect. They cannot be separated. I mean, you may go to so-called separate areas in the upper, middle, and lower world. But technically, they are part of this tree or part of this one entity, this one thing, which is what you are working on. And as you start to actually work with shamanism, whether you're a shaman or not, you don't have to be a shaman to journey. You just have to learn how to journey and the difference between meditation that will actually take you into journeying. So that you can't. And one of the biggest things when you're going into the upper world or the lower world is understanding how to get there and then understanding there's a breakthrough. You have to feel that breakthrough. If you don't feel the breakthrough, then you're not going to be getting there. Have you found it yet? Almost. Okay, no, I just couldn't tell. Anyway, so. I'll give you a visual cue. Yes, dear. But, um, so anyway, for me, like, when I go into the lower world, many people will tell you the lower world would be like nature. It would be like a forest or just something full of nature where the animals are. When I go into the lower world, for me personally, I always enter in water. Like, I enter into a lake. Like, I swim up from underneath the lake and I'm in the lower world. And for me, I have the same thing when I actually hit the upper world. It's also in water. So for me, when I do that breakthrough, when I'm going down the channel, so to speak, people will see it as like the spiraling energy, like the purple spiral that you're in when you're going in meditation. But you're not necessarily trying to steer your direction. Mm -hmm. Basically, if you're start trying to steer your direction, you want to go down. So you're going into the lower world. So a lot of people will tell you it's like, you know what, you want to imagine that you're going down a tree like Alice in Wonder Wonderland went down the hole or something. Or you're going down, you know like a hole in the tree trunk or something it would be the idea of going down, down there. But for me, it's not like that. I just go down the, the spiral tunnel until I hit the breakthrough and then I come up in the water. Are you ready? Yeah. It's apparently the, I, the one passage I had in my head was referencing something different, but I, I think I was drawn more to it because of the science that was in that particular statement. But it's uh, references a uh, the uh, this book called Exploring Shamanism Using Ancient Rites to Discover the Unlimited Healing Powers of Cosmos and Consciousness by Hilary S. Webb. She quotes a guy by the name of Alex Stark, who has his own credentials that are numerous and tongue-twisting, and I choose not to reference them because I don't want to sound like a babbling idiot any more than I already do on my own naturally. <laughs> Referring the axis mundi, or the central tree, concept. The center pillar is the all, your innermost essence, the point of all be uh, beginnings, the center <coughs> of the world, eternity. It is nowhere, the void, the unmanifest. It is the ladder that connects you with the uh, other worlds, the smoke hole through which both you and spirit journey. It is the crown of your head and your spine through which your soul enters and leaves the body. I just like that. I dig it so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways of putting what we're saying. And I try to put it in ways that, like, are almost stupid. So you can't not understand what I'm saying. But I get why when you go into the shamanic books and everything, they're so mysterious and why not. And it, it makes sense for it to be that way because it kind of needs to be so that you can truly understand the shaman. Mm -hmm. and everything that the shaman goes through. However, for me personally, I put it kind of in dumb-dumb form because I know part of my personal path is to help people who just don't get it. Oh, fair enough, and which is part of the reason why you and I sometimes have uh, problems talking because you're saying one thing, and I'm like, what the fuck is she trying to get apart? And I'll start putting it another and we're talking about the same goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that, that would be part of us being complete opposites at the same time. 
I just see things. It's like I've said it a million times. It's not that I'm small-minded, but I choose to remain small-worded. Do you get what I'm saying? I understand, and I don't at the same time. That's okay. You don't have to. I, I really didn't care if you I know. did or didn't. But anyway, so to take us back where we were started, we were like, uh, we were going into the lower world, the way that I view it. And I'll ask him his opinions here in a minute, outside of, you know, what he just read. And for me, I don't see it as you got to go through the whole idea, the illusion of in your head trying to go through, you know, some tunnel that's going down a tree or something that's going downhill or until you finally cross into the lower world. That just, that, that crap just doesn't work for me in my head. It's too much thinking and it causes too many problems and I'm never going to get what I need to get done, done. So I go into meditation in general and I wait for the purple swirl in my head, the way it works, and I just direct it down. And from there I go until I have the breakthrough. And I think part of the way it is for me, because I always arrive in water like as if I swam up through a lake, is because when I hit the breakthrough, I feel like I just dove in water. That's how I know that I went there. Not because of what I'm seeing, because I feel like a waterfall just went over my whole body. Do you have anything like that? Me, personally, I use the holes. Oh, well, that's okay, but do you have a breakthrough? I thought you were asking my opinion. Okay, I'll shut up. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up. Can I speak now, teacher? <laughs> I had my hand up. I swear I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I talk too much. <laughs> well, that's why we put you on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I use the holes. And uh, typically, my most uh, my go-to is a tree that has fallen, a large, old tree that has fallen. And so you got that big old root ball exposed and that divot in the ground. And at the base where it's risen up and you've got that divot is a hole. And I'll crawl through that hole. And I'll start crawling through that hole. And I'll start crawling through that hole. And in my mind, I'm just visioning it. Okay, I'm visioning it. I'm trying. I'm I'm, I'm working it. Shut up, Devin. And then I start feeling the roots scratching. And when I come out, instead of just seeing, I'm sensing again. I smell. I can feel the breeze on me or the humidity, depending on what I'm being shown at that point in time. So my senses, quote unquote, return to me in that aspect, which for me, I think it would be is something that spirit does to just comfort me. If I'm without all that input. It would panic me. Well, I have, I get the senses too. So, I mean, I don't know. That might be for everybody. Might be. I mean, that would that would be cool if it is for everybody. I wouldn't know how to think if if you didn't get it. And the reason I say that though is because there are shamans that don't see. Period. Mm-hmm. That once they get there, they are completely in the dark, but they sense it all. Right. And somehow they still do it right. And God bless them because I would be lost. I have to be able to have, see, for me, when I get there at first, it's just who I am. I see everything in green. And the longer I'm there, then the color starts to come in. But when I first get there, it's like I'm seeing everything in like a green starry night. And the longer I'm there, it starts to come into natural coloring mm-hmm. and stuff. But like I said, for me, I get the breakthrough of the water for you, you're feeling the roots as you're coming through. Right. That's my first sensation is my, that what I should say that first of the return of my senses. And that for me, I guess is what you would call the breakthrough. Exactly. Well, see, and the reason I say that is when I first was, okay. When I first was learning from the school that I go to, which is shamanism one on one, one on one. And it's out of uh, Mexico. And I've done all the classes online. However, I've been doing them for two years. And I I have a good class that I go to. And she calls me all my shit, my teacher does, which is what I need. I don't even mean necessarily to be, like, trying to sneak around shit sometimes. I mean, sometimes I've just, like, given her an answer. And she's like, yeah, no, not good enough. Go back and do it again, you know. she And she'll do shamanic journeys 
to question exactly what I have done versus what she's been shown. So, I mean, it's it's a real class. I, and I do say this if you're going into in shamanism or learning it through a class, because I made sure I looked up a class that by the time I'm done, I'm actually going to hold a degree in health and well-being, not just some certificate that somebody printed up in their you know, their their house and sent it to me and was making money off of me. I'm saying if you go into that, make sure that you look into it and that you're not being ripped off, for one. You know, waste your money on being ripped off. Make sure that you're getting actually taught something. But when I first was being shown by her in my classes of how and where to go, I, I went to the middle world. I didn't go to the lower world. And, I mean, this funky, scary-looking... It wasn't even it's scary because he looked like he was on fire, but I swear he looked like Root from that, from, what's that movie? Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he looked like Root from Guardians of the Galaxy, but he was on fire, and he was like, no. And he, like, threw me back with a whole bunch of fire, and I went back and I told my teacher, she's like, yeah, no, you're in the middle world, keep going. Tree? She, yeah, she's like, you're I doing it no wrong. I am no tree. I am an int. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is, is you can steer yourself in the wrong direction, and I think it's important because people go into meditation and not be journeying, even though the idea really is to get to a journeying. And they're in middle world and don't know the difference between middle world, lower world, and upper world enough to get the information right. Because the lower world is going to bring healing to you. It's going to bring guidance to you. It's going to bring animals and uh, 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 spirit guides and help you along that line. The middle world is much like this world, and it's just as stupid as this world. That's why I avoid it. <laughs> I mean, you can do things in the middle world, I mean, like, but I was taught to stay away from the middle world until I got better at journeying, going upper or lower, point blank, and then we were brought back into the middle world because you wanted the breakthrough so that you knew you were in areas that you could get trusted guidance. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you might be going into the middle world through meditation and not even realizing that you're journeying but to the middle world and actually just come back with half-assed guidance, more or less. It's not necessarily helping or supporting you or is just kind of full of shit, mm -hmm. you know. And you need to know what's good to do there and what's not. And then the upper world would be more like celestial. How do you say that? Celestial. Yeah, I can never get that out of my mouth. But that's where your angels would be, your teachers would be. Um, you go up there for, like I said, you to meet your teachers, to help you learn, you know, from a divine point of view. To help you in the guidance from a divine point of view. I spend most of my time in the upper world. Hill Hippie will tell you he spends most of his time in the lower world. Mm -hmm. And I go up there because I got questions and I want answers, damn it. I want answers that don't understand, and I'm not going to understand until you beat it into my head a million times, and I want the divine to explain it. Not that I'm better than anybody and that I deserve it, but I'm smart-ass, and I want answers, and I'm going to keep going up there. You're the bull in the china shop. Yeah. <laughs> so I go up, and I'm like, explain. I don't understand, and what do I do, and why can't I understand it? And, and, you know, I have, I have big questions that I am not always prepared for the answers. Right. And well, so that's why I go there. Whereas me, I like getting that connection to ancient elders, the earth, the physical world around me, and using that ancient energy to help me become a better person and help try to heal what little bit of the world that I can around me. And not so much the people as the world itself. And I find that the lower realm is where I tend to go, but... I have been trying to go to the lower world and got pulled right out of the hole by Condor straight up into the upper world. And that was a fun experience. Because <laughs> I tell you what, man, for me, what I saw, I, I cannot describe accurately. The English language may have the proper words. I do not. Because nothing was the same. I mean, I the closest I can come is putting it almost cartoonish. <laughs> and I feel like that's insulting. Yeah, I can understand that. It's just 
the vivid colors. Two-dimensional and three-dimensional at the same time, if you're following me. It, it was the weirdest, weirdest thing. And I got deposited, and I looked around, and I'm just in awe shock. And I'm like, where the hell? And all of a sudden, I look up, and Condor was flying overhead. He screeches, and whoom! I was thrown right back into my body before the drums called me back. (laughs) (laughs) See, for me, when I went up the very first time, I was given more like a golden kingdom. Even though, again, I I came through in the water. I come through in the water, and as I came out of the water, I see like a golden kingdom. And as I got closer, it became more vivid. But see, I think that part of who and what you are when you go into the upper, lower, middle worlds and stuff, also is going to take part of how your brain works, how you physically and emotionally are connected to things. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, like, for somebody who's, you know, fully needing to think that when they go to the upper world, they're going to heaven, they're going to get more of an idea of what they think heaven would be until they're actually left up past that and into, you know, the galaxy into the cosmos and stuff because in the upper world you will sometimes you know get the symbols and stuff and sometimes you will float right on out and be like just floating in the galaxy too and get your information because I swear I've been in the upper world and for like a moment I understood everything about everything and then I was dropped back in my body and I was like that was no fair because now I don't remember shit right you know and I was like for a moment everything in the world was perfect and made sense and I get it and yeah and what what happened? What come back? Yeah. So I mean, and that is such a harsh, harsh feeling too, man. When you're right there, you're connected. You've got it all. The wisdom of everything that ever has or ever will be is at the your fingertips, and you can't think enough to start. You know, like, well, I've always wanted to know about this. What is this? You're just in awe. It's like... But you already know everything you're questioning about right then at that moment. But the moment you get back, you're like... (laughs) The best way to describe it is perfect peace. Mm. It's perfect peace. And then you get pulled back. You're like... (sighs) But that's what I'm talking about. There's different dimensions within those worlds. Mm -hmm. So it's not like if you go to the lower world, you're not just in the forest. You may end up in different areas, you know, that of the dimensions from within. And then there's also dimensions that are have to be explored after you've gotten much better at handling the middle world itself. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like you're going to get lost. You can't get lost from yourself. However, you can really get confused to come back with some really messed up shit. Now. Very true. Very true. I mean, but uh, one of the reasons people will go to the lower world so often is because, like I said, they're going in for to find out what their spirit guides are, their animal guides, and to learn from them. And what I was taught personally is when I go into the lower world, basically, don't, I mean, everything that you may see may have a reason for being there. And as you get into, like, what the plants are and and what what their metaphysical response uh properties are and stuff it'll help you understand what you're being told however you know you get the same thing with your animal medicine you google you know what your totems are and so forth this will also help you so anything that you see typically is a message but i was told when in my teaching is if it, it must come to you three separate individual times in order for it to technically, really, truly be your guide. Mm. Otherwise, it's just a message, and it may come and go, and it may be something that's there helping you. You know, like the wolf may show up, but then you may never see the wolf again. It just has a message for you for that day. Right. It's not necessarily your guide. Now, if it shows up three times, you can count that it is yours. However... This is one of those things where, like, shamans will do uh, shamanic animal retrieval because people will get the idea in meditation or whatever that they've seen the animal, it's helped them, but they're not really attached. Right. And that would be where you learn how to merge, or or a shaman actually will put the animal in you, where it jumps into you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And this is how you learn how to merge because without actually having that merge, it's just a totem. You're not able to connect with its actual power. Right. And without that power, you are actually missing something. Shamans will also go to the upper and lower world to ask their teachers for guidance, then turn around and go to the lower world, you know, to get the uh, spirit guide to help them with something and do something like extractions where they're removing intrusions, spiritual intrusions that have gotten in people's body that make them ill. So, I mean, there are reasons we go outside of whatever we might learn in the journey. Shamans actually will go also for healing directly or to, uh, you know, uh, retrieve a soul or or an animal guide or something along those lines. Right. Do you have something to say? Mm, Not sure it's something specifically for the show, but something just popped into my mind, so I'll just go ahead and say it. It's like me here lately. I know when I make my next journey, I'm going to ask my guides about the connection to the fungi. Yeah, and you need to. I agree. It's just I don't know how to properly ask the question yet. Don't worry about properly doing shit. They already know you. They're waiting for you to ask. They just aren't going to tell you until you ask. Uh, And here we go with the uh, never 100% being able to get rid of ego. It, it's an ego thing. I need to be able to ask the question properly in my own head. Before, otherwise, I feel like I'm being stupid and wasting their time. Then what you need to do is go to the upper world. Because the guides in the lower world are there to, to help you learn. But if you think it has to do with ego teaching you, you need to go to the upper world where teachers are. No, 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 no. You misunderstand. It's before before I can make that journey, my ego won't let me make it until... I have the proper question in my head. Until you're ready to actually hear. Because part of hearing it is making sure you're actually asking the right question. Right. I get what you're saying. So, I mean, there are so many things with shamanic journeying that you can do that are wonderful and helpful for you. It's just making sure, like I said, for me, I mean, and even for him, because he was saying, you know, for him it was crawling through the roots of the lower world. There is something that's going to tell you when you're directing it up or down if you've made it to the upper or the lower world where you can then seek for that guidance and know that you're getting help from compassionate spirits that are willing to help instead Mm -hmm. of being in the middle world where you might be tricked. The middle world you need, if you're going to go to the middle world, I would tell you to first go to your lower world, find your guides, and ask them to help you find your safe place. Mm. And if they can help you find your safe place, then when you get to your safe place, then ask to find and meet your true self. You'll be surprised what you may find is your true self because, trust me, you're not it yet. Think of uh, the never-ending story. The <laughs> movie, because most people have never read the book, which is great. The Magic Mirror Gate. No one is ever prepared for what they see in the Magic Mirror Gate. Exactly. I mean, and that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing at all. No. It can be a very good thing. However, I will put it this way. I very much enjoy who I have met as my true self in the middle world. But my true self will remind me over and over and over again. Oh, you ain't me yet, honey. (laughs) I don't know who you think you are. You better just sit down and listen, you know. So, I mean. (laughs) So, just as sassy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Shit. Just as sassy. I thought that was eventually going away. (laughs) No, it has to be that way with me or I wouldn't know it to be me. (laughs) And has to be willing to put me in my own place. (laughs) But I'm saying it will help you direct yourself on all levels. And then there are things in the middle world that, you know, you can also learn. But I would stay out of the middle world and try to go for the upper and lower world until after you've gotten better at those two, Mm. basically. And then you can go back to the middle world with some trust. With that being said, I think we're about ready to get into astrology. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, no. no. 20 minutes worth of astrology? Do you want have anything else to say? Uh, I'm just asking a question. Again, learning the format. Are we at 20 minutes? Yeah. Because I've noticed we've been pulling a couple minutes shy, so I was thinking 15 minutes might be the proper way to go. 
Okay, well, we can speak a little bit more about the middle world. I was just going off of what I noticed we had been doing. Right. You know, in the, my mind. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said it that way, in my mind, because you mind. know my, how my mind works. <laughs> well. It's, <laughs> it's a little scary up there. <laughs> hey, look. <laughs> you and Groot can do what you want. <laughs> I'm going to stay over here in my mind where the scariest thing i got to worry about is eating deadly mushrooms. Well, okay, I mean, smart ass. <laughs> and in the middle world, I mean, you could go into the middle world. Most people do go into the middle world, and they just don't have sense enough to know that that's what they're doing. They think they're just in meditation. Mm-hmm. And they go in. Some just go in, okay, because we were talking about this the other day. Some go in with just, well, what do I need to learn today? And that really is their only question. And some will go in, you know, with past life questions and all of this other stuff. And the middle world with past life can really become a little bit funky-doo. Like I said, shamans don't, I mean, and I personally learned this recently doing uh, soul retrievals, you know, Sometimes in those past life areas, there's reasons that you aren't reminded of things Mm -hmm. because it's things that will mess you up. I mean, and they go back for the fragmented part of the soul, but you don't need the bad parts. You just need the parts that would help make you whole again. So, I mean, depending on what you're going into the middle world for, it really can make a big difference. But, I mean, the middle world is a great place also if you lost something. It's the same world as this world, but like I said, I mean, it's a great place to go in and project where you can find what you lost. I mean, people do that. Shamans do that for, like, keys. (laughs) You'd be surprised at all the different things. They will go in where they've lost something or misplaced something or help people in general and help them find things because it's the same world as this world. They're just avoiding spirit. To find their keys. I'm using keys as an example. Okay, good, because I feel like that's just... Kind of too small and too dumb to be wasting spirits time with. Exactly. I agree. However, that is, I mean, that's the way some of these people think when they go in, and they think they're just going into a meditation. They don't really realize they're going into the spirit world, Mm. and they're communicating. And this is what I'm trying to get through, because there's just as many good spirits out there as bad or I should say negative destructive Mm -hmm. depending on what you come into but I mean this is also typically where you will also deal with you know you'll you'll come into those fragmented worlds where you can find the fairy realm and stuff along that line too so depending on what it is or step back in time because I have a thing that takes me to the Coliseum over and over and over again and I don't understand that but I mean, people will go into the middle world for different reasons, but I would tell you over and over again, I specify if you go to the middle world and you're starting to do actual work going up and down, start with going down and getting a guide that will help you find a safe place. And from that safe place, they will give you new guides that will help you in the middle world that can will work for you just for the middle world and help direct you around so that you stay safe. And it's important because you don't know how many times you have people who are also crossing over, not exactly with the most best of intentions. Very true. Best of intentions. I mean, some people will cross over with, you know, not exactly wanting to do you good. And in the middle world, they can actually get away with that a lot easier. Mm. If you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So am I good now? You're good now. Okay. So, astrology for this week. <laughs> He's going to sleep. He's such a jerk. Anyway, <laughs> um, so this is from September 10th through the 17th. Um, before we get into anything, yes, Mars has moved back into Aquarius, and Mars is direct. So is Saturn. Saturn has gone direct now. So has Mercury. Mercury is finally picking up its speed, and the communication is starting to come back out correctly. Mars is still in shadow, and so is Saturn. So while they're both going direct, they're kind of in a little bit of a standstill of going, huh? I'm not really ready to move forward and make the changes or direct the action yet. So you kind of might be feeling frustrated with yourself because these things aren't coming into fruition yet, even though it's gone direct. 
There's a reason it takes time for these planets when they move in the direct position to start speeding back up and actually bringing that energy out. With that being said, though, at the end of this month, on the 30th, is when Pluto will go direct. Pluto is death, decay, and destruction for rebirth, renewal, and regeneration, which means change. All Pluto wants to do is kick down the door and tell you what it wants you to change. Point blank. That's all it ever wants you to do. It wants to change things and make it for the better. But, like I said, it's been in retrograde, so it's kind of inwardly beating up on what changes need to be happening. And up until the next two weeks, it's going to probably be beating up on you a little harder than usual. Because it will then go direct, take about two weeks to come out of shadow, and it will start backing up that energy of Saturn's moving direct, which is rules, walls, and boundaries. Okay, so basically Pluto's drunk and just a little more abusive than usual. Got it. Yeah, he's he's more, damn it. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going to take no for an answer right now and with a, with an attitude. Mm-hmm. Give you a nice punch in the gut. Right. And But when he goes direct, he's going, after he comes out of that two-week, so to speak, shadow period... His energy is going to, you know, magnify that of Saturn's rules, walls, and boundaries and Mars's action, passion, aggression, energy. So that energy is forward, but it's kind of not really moving forward. It's kind of in a standstill going, I can't get energy to go. So a lot of people have been feeling like they're dragging lately. That would be Mars still in shadow, with Saturn can't make up its mind about how to go into its new rules, walls, and boundaries. With that being said, though, the kicker that I keep being shown by spirit is is to pay attention to the 25th Chiron, which is the wounded healer and the gatekeeper of wholeness, which is in Chiron, will be stepping back into Pisces, which is the universal 12th house. So, it... Your univ- uh, so basically, your universal 12th house is what needs to be healed in order to move forward for a new cycle. It is your denials. It is the sacrifice that you're not making. And when it goes back into that 12th house, the wounded healer, the gatekeeper of wholeness, is basically jumping back in one last time to go, all right, now I'm cleaning up all the fucking mess. Point blank. And then when he goes direct again, everything will really, truly, truly start moving forward. But you'll start noticing it more around October than now. And that point blank is is really the most important thing. Um, you're also going to be noticing that you're moving towards the full moon in Aries over the next week. So the energy is starting to build as we come towards that full moon in Aries, which is giving you one last chance to start a new cycle before it backs up and hits Chiron's going back into retrograde. Now, there is some very good energy this week. You have a lot of sextiles. You have um, optimistic energy is coming up all over, but it's kind of like hidden. It's hidden within a grand cross, and the grand cross is full-on being a bitch, I'm telling you. It's going to be there all week. But before I get to the Grand Cross, the hidden energies that are hidden within all of that tension is Pluto is sextiling um, Jupiter. And that is, like I said, Pluto is still in retrograde, trying to give you that last uppercut. But it is speaking to you about a more higher, soulful, spiritual energy that you need to be looking at and dissecting as you move forward. And it's areas that you're probably in denial about and don't want to see. So it's bringing it up in a more positive way. But you are dealing with a retrograde. So like I said, the Grand Cross makes everything a little bit more sensitive right now. Now you also have Jupiter is magnifying the sun and Mercury, which is going to be bringing more um, optimistic energy and communicative optimistic energy as well to help lighten that blow so that you can move forward in the most optimistic way. 
It is also going to be speaking with Saturn, which is speaking to you of being able to step out and make success in different areas and opportunities that could be coming to you in the outer world, as well as, you know, with your careers and your goals and stuff along that line. If you, you know, know how to step forward and take it when it's there, the opportunity. Pluto is also sextiling Neptune, which is giving you all the energy you need to create everything that you want to create and move forward if you're willing to take it. But like I said, there's tensions. All of this energy is going to be hiding in the tensions. You have to open your eyes and see them. If you don't see them, they will pass, point blank. Mars and Lilith and Aquarius is also sextiling Chiron. This is speaking to you about your action, your passion, your aggression, your sexual energy, your uh, just your inner fire speaking with Lilith, who's full on, nobody's going to make me do a damn thing I don't want to freaking do. Because that's what Lilith's energy is. Speaking to Chiron, so she's speaking to you about having the balls to overcome something and go for it. And, and make the new start. Start something new. Be able to jump forward in it. However, on the 15th and the 16th, I promise you, your moon energy is going to be challenging your higher self. Um... The moon will be moving through Libra, then through Scorpio, th then through Sagittarius. So as you're doing this, you're also starting to, the week started out with us kind of looking at, well, where is things out of balance and out of harmony? Because it shows where it's out of balance and out of harmony so that you can start to correct it. Then as we come closer to the end of the week, we're in Scorpio, the moon is. So it's going to become more intense. Point blank, everything will become more intense. As you come into... The very end of the weekend, Sunday and Monday, you're going to be in Sagittarius, which you are more connected to Jupiter and its higher energy, higher knowledge, higher philosophies and stuff. And you will be finding that you have trines this week also that are trying to help you with Saturn. I mean, not Saturn. Jupiter is trining Neptune, which is gaining access to universal love and creativity will help you find your way through this if you can stay optimistic in that universal love and creativity. Basically, in that eighth house, which is dealing with relationships and what they're responsible for, as well as healing things because it's coming out of that universal 12th house. So it's asking you to have that universal love and creativity in areas that you're still fighting denials with as you move forward. Um, Mercury and the Sun are also trining Pluto, which is in Capricorn. So this is also going to be dealing with your health in general, service in general, people outwardly in general. And it is gaining support and it is uh, pro progressing towards the changes that need to be made. But Chiron and Saturn are in a full-on square and they are not getting along. The wounded healer the gatekeeper of your wholeness as is about to leave that first house and we're getting closer to the universal 12th house is going to be picking up those energies of both Aries and the 12th house. So it's the beginning and the end coming in. The, uni the gatekeeper of whole wholeness is speaking to you of really getting past shit that you have in denial that you don't want to work through. And it's fighting Saturn's rules, walls, and boundaries. It doesn't want to take that chance but it's a chance that you need to take maybe not necessarily this week but it's forcing you into going in that direction now your grand cross this week is what's really going to be throwing you off because the grand cross is four planets basically all in a square from each other or in opposition and it is uranus which is in taurus which is your universal second house and it is Mars and Lilith in Aquarius, which is your universal 11th house. Then it is Venus in shadow with Jupiter. And that's your universal 8th house. And then they're all talking to Leo, which is where the North Node is. Let me explain this in the best way I can. The universal lovers are not seeing eye to eye. They are not agreeing. They cannot make peace. Point blank. 
Somebody's sleeping on the couch. <laughs> and you're talking about your universal eighth house, which is relationships and what they're responsible for. Venus wants nothing more than to make peace and make it work, but she's also very sensitive. Jupiter is making her deal with the knowledge of what it is she doesn't really want to have to deal with so that they can find peace. Where Mars is actually talking with Lilith and Aquarius in your outer community, which could also be dealing with work-related stuff, your goals, your groups, your friends, and your passion, your action, your aggression, and I'm going to do what I damn well want to do, fuck it. Fighting that, that universal Venus energy. Going straight across from them is Uranus. So your independence, your individuality, your uniqueness, your freedom, your your uh, self-worth, your self-value, your self-esteem is being pulled from Venus to Mars to Uranus, Venus, Mars, Uranus. You're going back and forth and back and forth. This is what I was talking about in the beginning of the show. So many energies are pulling you in so many directions that you don't really know what to do. Your action wants to take action, but you don't know where to place that action. And they're all speaking to the North Node. Because if you don't get this right, you will not move forward. And it will be taking place all week long. It, it's not going anywhere. Then you have Neptune, which is also in um, opposition of Mercury and Virgo, which is going to be speaking to that health and healing of that universal 12th house as well. And it is also speaking to how you are in service, how you are in your daily activities, like with your working environment, um, your daily routines in general. And it is speaking to Chiron at the end of the week, which is adding into this energy. And it's bringing on impulsive mood swings, getting your nose stuck in gossip that you shouldn't be getting your nose stuck in, sticking your nose in everybody else's business and causing more issues than what should be starting because Neptune has a way of playing games with you. Neptune is magic, but it is also... Best way of putting it, it's where um, creativity and magic smacks you in the face with harsh reality. Mm. So it's one or the other. It's where the, the nostalgia is. It's where you hold the idea of something was better than it really was when you look back. Okay, so your impulsive mood swings are going to be gripping onto that with Mercury and the Sun in Virgo as to what it is and where you should be in your life right now. It's going to be questioning this. It's going to also make you feel sluggish. It's going to uh, give you false starts. So you may, like I said, false starts. It'll give you the idea that something's good when it isn't. You have to really think this week through and do it soulfully, or you might find yourself going the wrong way. Accidents happen because action was taken when it shouldn't have been. It's when we mix pleasure with desire and luxuries that we shouldn't, we know, it's not that we shouldn't have, it's but that we know we don't really need, which we, we, we want to reach for stuff that really isn't what's going to be good for us, and we already know that. That would be like a, a Neptune has a way of making you want to go out and party to forget the world. Mm -hmm. basically, and this is what I'm talking about, those pleasures and desires. You don't want to put yourself on a high to forget about something because it's still going to be there when you get back. Right. So, I mean, it can be a very positive week, but the problem is, like I said, this grand cross with the lovers fighting and not seeing eye to eye and questioning your self-worth, your self-value, your self-esteem is going to be tugging you in all kinds of different directions. It is going to be a highly intense, tense week, point blank. Sounds like it. So it's up to you to take care of you, love. Uh, good stuff, Maynard, good stuff. <laughs> We'd like to thank everybody for listening to Otherland Dreams tonight. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in or listening to us on your podcast of choice or podcast provider of choice. Please subscribe. We appreciate it. And every one of you is like warm, fuzzy feelings every time we get a new subscriber. So make us feel warm and fuzzy. And don't forget about the other shows that we had on uh, FXBG, uh, FXBGPublicRadio.com tonight. Uh, Shock Monkey Radio. Uh, 
Funny guys. They're a couple of idiots. Funny guys. He's but, one of them. Eh, <laughs> I, I speak from experience. And we also got the the master engineer, EK, who pops up every once in a while. He's all right. I kind of like him. Then we got Below the Deck that follows that after at 7.30. At 9 o'clock was uh, The Plank. And then you always got us. So please check all the shows out. And if you like them, subscribe. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night, and we love you. Peace. Come now, my darling, and step back in time with me for a spell. Back to work.